Okay, welcome back to the United Pubcast, the official podcast of the Man United Supporters Club here in Sydney, New South Wales, Australia. And Larry, I could do more Sundays like that. Man United winning, not only winning, but last second goals in front of the Stretford end, then a day down at the pub and then back at home to talk Man United again. That is how I prefer my Sundays rather than what we have been dished up in sort of recent months. Well, it always starts better when it's with a win, doesn't it, Tom? Uh, and it hasn't happened as often as we'd like this season, but... Positive, positive result, positive performance. I think that's the most pleasing part. When your performances are good, even if the results aren't there, you know that the results will come. Unfortunately, this season, the actual performances haven't been there. So there hasn't even been hope for us to say, when is this going to improve? I'm really pleased to say, I'm going to go as far as to say, over a pure 90-minute period, I think that's United's best football this season. I really believe that. Well, we'll break it down. I think, look, I've, I've all... The, the notion that's already in my mind is control. Ralph Rangie has said control 1,500 times every single press conference. It's stuck in my mind, and it's how we sort of evaluate every single press, every single performance at the moment. Did we have control? Didn't we have control, both in attack and defence? And we'll break all that down because usually I'm the one who's extremely positive, even after a defeat or a loss. I think, no, it probably wasn't as bad as people think. And after this one, buzzing for the win, and a lot of people saying, what a great performance. Now, this is the one time I'm probably on the other side of things saying, I was happy with it, but I wasn't overly impressed like others. So it will be interesting to break down. But there are a few guys in the chat already, which is good to see. Josh, evening lads, top day at Man United and UFC. Yeah, the UFC was good just back from the pub. Um, yeah, fascinating heavyweight title fight. Um, no one saw that coming in that style, no doubt. But um, George also saying, good evening, guys. Still in a win today, made up for throwing away um, the points against Villa. Yeah, well, it's an important point. Forget about the performance. Forget about the style that came in. Three points is three points. We definitely need it. Jamie over from Northern Ireland. Good to see you, mate. Emad, how good he's winning. Adam, yeah, what, hap- what a Captain Harry Maguire is. We'll definitely be getting into Harry Maguire and his performance and everything around him at the moment because, yeah, I think that is almost not the number one topic for me. And George also saying, hello, lads. Felt like a structured team effort rather than individuals doing something. Maguire played well, keeping it simple, and only con was 16 shots and two on target. So thanks for everyone for joining us in the live chat. If you are here, please do leave a like on the video. That would be great. And look, Larry, before we get into the team selection, because Harry Maguire was the only real team selection change, and we'll get into the reasons that he came about um, getting selected. But on the performance, usually when we, as I said, usually when we get a draw or a loss, I'm on here and saying, look, the performance wasn't actually that bad compared to what a lot of people are saying. And here this everyone is coming out and saying this performance is very good. You said it was our best performance of the season. I'm sure a lot of people are using the term control. And I, and I was happy with it. However, take away the goal, take away the emotion of the goal and how that does change the narrative. I was thinking there and thinking, well, it's not really much urgency. I know we, I know, sort of Ralph Rangie did throw caution to the wind in regards to the personnel in substitutions and sort of going for it with all these attacking players. But if that's finished nil-nil, would you have been happy with the United actually, their ambition to actually go for it and sort of press home for a winner? Because as I said, in, the, in terms of the stats, I was thinking, we're not really peppering West Ham's goal. And yes, West Ham just sort of did sit deep and make it difficult. But I had a real... Look, I was happy with the performance and the way United went about things, but ultimately it had a bit of a Louis van Gaal feel for me, just sort of the petering along. If we get a goal, that's fantastic. If not, um, no dramas. I didn't really sense that urgency to go and get that winner. No, I don't agree, to be honest. I felt United did play well. I thought we kept the ball well. Now, yes, the shots on target is the concern and the down point for me. Uh, but in saying that, Tom, I thought United were fairly positive. I think if that game finishes nil all, you say, look, on another day, I think we could have scored. Uh, and and that's, look, I think that's where the improvement in this team will now come. We, we've now got the control aspect down, Pat. I think we're keeping the ball a lot better. Uh, I think defensively, we don't seem to be getting exposed as much either. 
So you have to say, if you look at the last three performances, now you go 2-0 up against Aston Villa. Of course, the, the draw is obviously a disappointing result at the end. You then have a positive result against Brentford where the first half was fairly poor, but the second half was much better. And then you look at this game. Now, when you look at, like I said to open the video, when you look at the three performances back to back to back, the level of performance over the 90 minutes is improving. So yes, I'd understand the frustration if it finishes nil all, but look, we get the win. And when a, when a side sits back, it is difficult to break down. So credit to Renyuk, credit to the players. It's an awesome result for persistence. My my question around us controlling the game, both in attack and defence, I was thinking, again, you can't take away Marcus Rashford's goal, and we'll get into that and the importance and how good it was. You can't take away that. It does change the whole feeling around the camp. However, I felt West Ham had a goal in them. They were getting to the corners and set pieces, and it's, it wouldn't shock me if West Ham grabbed a goal here. And I know we actually defended quite well, and you could say, was that in control or were we comfortably in defending? I do think Harry Maguire and Rafael Varane played quite well. Um, fullbacks as well, and David De Gea ultimately really had nothing to do. But it wouldn't have shocked me with 10 minutes ago if West Ham did pop up with a goal. And I'm just thinking then if I have that feeling, were we really in control? Because I, I always felt we were one mistake away, and I'm not sure, Larry, is that, was that structurally we're one, one mistake away from conceding a goal, or was that our players aren't good enough or one mistake away from conceding a goal? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, but he went for it. Like, you have to look at the substitutions he makes. Fred comes on for Cavani. You had Anthony Martial come on as well. Um, like, you know, when you take off a midfielder, like whatever the quality of that midfielder you may think is, it is going to change the way you play. Now, when you put on an attacking player, that, that's something that you sacrifice as you seek a goal. We, we've seen it go the other way. We've seen when you go put an attacking player on where you lose the game at the death. It can happen. And I think that's a, that's how you have to weigh it up. At the Ultimately, I think what you're saying is because you're, you're a little bit scarred from the, from the season so far, if I'm being entirely honest. I actually thought United did control the game. But let's show respect to West Ham, Tom. Their midfield is better than Manchester United's midfield. So Czech and Declan Rice walk in over Fred and McTominay every day of the week. So there is no doubt that if they then do have some element of control in the game, then that's because they have the better players. In saying that, United were in control for the majority of the 90 minutes. West Ham naturally trying to seek some points. And then I think we, we get the result and rightfully deserved over over the entirety of the game. It's part of the discussion in regards to, look, we're in a January transfer window. We're always having a midfield debate. So I just want to touch just sort of one more minute on West Ham. And when I mean West Ham, I do mean Declan Rice before we move on to the Man United side of things. This is almost built up and we discussed it um, the other day in terms of it was almost, almost a straight shootout between McTominay and Rice. Now, McTominay sat a little bit deeper and they weren't really involved together. So it wasn't really a shootout. And in regards to where we want to see McTominay play, we want to see Declan Rice coming to Man United's midfield in a different role. So I don't think this is a real McTominay versus Rice type thing. However, I just want everyone's raving about Declan Rice. And I think he was fine, but I just want to throw it to you. Let's say Declan Rice, we're playing Levante or Bordeaux or Southampton. And that's number six, put a performance in like that. You saying well, that is the answer to our midfield. Let's go get him for 100000000 million? I'll say no. Now, that's not to say Declan Ross shouldn't be our next sign and shouldn't come in for big money and he, he wouldn't be great for United. For me, I just didn't see it. I thought a oh, good performance, solid enough. Nothing. I, well, I, I take it back to look Dave, when David Moyes was manager. I remember when we saw Raul Sociedad, we saw Anton Griezmann for the first time. You knew Anton Griezmann when we saw him for Sociedad. You said, hang on, that's going to be a £100 million player. You saw something special there with Declan Rice. I'm thinking, yeah, solid enough. Yeah, could improve United's midfield. But I didn't see 
I just don't see that something special. Maybe I'm wrong. He's not the midfielder I personally would want. I think he is a a level above, and I I do disagree with you to an extent. I think, look, ultimately, you have to look at the 11 versus the 11. United do have better players when you're looking at the team sheet in saying that their midfield is better, but they're going to be limited. You know, there was a McTominay's foul on Declan Rice late late in the second half was actually a really good foul Uh, because if Declan Rice got free there, and Antonio was basically that. There was a different angle. He had he had beaten Maguire. So, you know, I thought that was a good foul where McTominay, you can say, gets the points there. But no, I, I like Declan Rice. Like I said, I think United need a ball playing midfielder. Um, now you you could probably get two midfield. Look, not probably. United do need two midfielders. Paul Pogba will leave in the summer. I think I prefer, and I'm sure you prefer as well. When you think of a deep playing playmaker or a number six, if you like. We want someone who progresses the ball forward, someone who can do the splitting pass in between the lines, like a Michael Carrick. Now, I don't know how many players there are in world football, Tom, that can actually do that anymore, and I think that's the concern. But if you're looking for a destroyer type, think Declan Rice is there. And look, I I take the argument around, is he much better than McTominay? Well, he is better than McTominay. And the other thing is, he's younger than Scott McTominay. And the other factor to that is, if you look at the way Declan Rice is improving season on season, he surpasses McTominay's level of improvement. Now that's what but, but why, why aren't we having this discussion, okay, about I don't know a right winger and Alex Tellers? They play two different positions. Declan Rice is playing a different, or should be playing a different position to where we should be playing Scott McTominay. So I don't see where. And look, what we discussed a, lot, a couple of days ago in terms of this, this battle between the two, but really we shouldn't because they're two different players. Declan Rice and Scott McTominay, you can compare them. Yes, they are different players, but they're both deployed in the six and in the eight. I'd actually argue Declan Rice is a better eight than a six. That's where he's been playing for West Ham this season. But if you're asking which one of those players, if you said of both of those players, I want you to sit in the six, I think Declan Rice gives you a better performance. Now, if you say I want you to sit in the eight, I still think you say Declan Rice gives you the better performance over, over the season. I know McTominay's put in some positive games over the last few weeks. But look, I just think he's a step above. In saying that, I wouldn't be paying $100 million for him. And that's why if I'm Manchester United hierarchy, I wouldn't be looking at that. I think what you could do with £100 million is you could get two, arguably three midfielders and complement our midfield. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, that is enough Declan Rice and enough West Ham talk. We will move on to Man United. And we usually start the podcast with team selection, but here we are 10 minutes in. We'll start we'll go to a bit of team selection now. And the only bit, only bit of news was... Um, the captain, obviously coming back into the team. Um, unfortunately for sort of weird circumstances, obviously Victor Lindelof um, had the unfortunate news, which I'm sure everyone read. And look, at the end of the day, I think it's the right decision for Victor Lindelof to stay at home for as long as he wants. If he wants another couple of weeks or whatever it takes, that's his decision. I'm sure the club have to do the right thing by him. Um, horrible news what his, him and his, um, his wife and kid had to go through. So fingers crossed all is okay there and he's sort of all on the mend. But Harry Maguire did have to come back in. I'm sure everyone was extremely nervous on how that was going to go, especially in terms of West Ham. I don't rate Antonio. He's a right-back playing striker. I don't. I know he scored some goals this season. I just don't rate him. But a lot of people do rate him. They thought he would sort of really challenge Harry Maguire. We're not going to get into the 3-2-1s yet, Larry. And I, I said this on Twitter. I'm going to say this quietly. Harry Maguire was our best player. Wasn't quiet enough, Tommy. If you're going to be quiet, Maguire was good today. I, yeah, I didn't want to get abused on Twitter. He was good. He was good. And look, I, I've criticised him. I've gone harder, much harder than you have. Uh, but I will also admit when he plays well, and that was his best performance of the season, undoubtedly. He was he was really good. He just looked composed, and that's what you want from Maguire. And I, I really like the fact that we played a high line and he had the ability to 
read the game well. His tackle on Bowen in his box was crucial. If he doesn't make that tackle, Bowen gets a shot on target or he scores. As simple as that. Crucial save. There was also a tackle on um, an Antonio not much long after that. So an assured performance from the captain. I like what he did on the ball as well. Like to see him move the ball a little bit quicker. Still think he dwells on it a little bit. But in saying that, I thought he was really good. Um, I hope he can continue to improve. And you know what? If you like, you mentioned about Lindelof. It's it's hair and it's it's neck and neck between them. I know Lindelof's been better this season, but if Maguire puts in a performance like that, it's hard to drop him, isn't it? So might come at a very unfortunate time in an unfortunate circumstance for Lindelof. But on today's performance, you'd probably be starting Maguire against Middlesbrough. Well, just going to ask you that question here, George, saying does Maguire feeling like he has to earn his place back from um, in the team, raise his level of performance? And I think that's all the really? case for everyone, but Harry Maguire's never been in that position. But look, I'm going to treat the FA Cup very seriously this year. I know Middlesbrough's a championship team. I think they're in the championship, I assume. I'm treating that competition very seriously. Okay, it's going to be two weeks until we play that game, but United go full strength against Middlesbrough. Is Harry Maguire the centre-back or Victor Lindelof? Depends if he's going to rotate um, or how he's treating the FA Cup. I, I'm assuming your question is asking, does Ralph Rennick go with a, a full-strength side? Now, if he is, I think he goes Harry Maguire. Um, look, I, I thought I thought Lindelof's been not bad, but him and Varane have been shaky. You can't forget that first half against Brentford. We could have easily conceded three goals, if I'm being honest. Aston Villa, the same thing. And those two players were on the pitch when we capitulate a, a two a two nil lead. So you have to look at today's performance and say Rafael Varane and Harry Maguire complemented each other. So yeah, I think if you're going full strength, Harry Maguire and Rafael Varane are your starting centre backs. To what I was most impressed with, not most impressed with, but I think maybe not talked about enough. And it was but both Rafael Varane and Harry Maguire both found themselves in this position where they both took hard knocks. Um, where they both went down injured and sort of struggled to get to their feet and the camera sort of panned to the bench and Phil Jones was warming up. And when we're looking at chasing the game and what attacking players we can bring on the field, I was thinking, okay, if one of the defenders have to come off, what can you do? You have to take the defender off and you have to put Phil Jones on, but that takes away from a potential substitution. So I was think, thinking this is not going to help us having to waste a substitution and sort of being able to not, not to bring on a Cavani or a Rashford, etc. But what they did... Now, I'm sure that, um, whether this was going through their mind or not, and they're thinking about the substitutions and the attacking threats on the bench. But at the end of the day, they got on with it. They could have easily said, no, nah, I'm feeling I'm going to come off and have a sit on the bench for the last 20 minutes and not make it worse. But they fought through it. They're in a tough battle um, against play that look, I don't rate him, but against Antonio, he does make it physical. Suchek obviously was getting forward, making it physical. So it was a sort of physical game for them. It was quite tricky. They could have easily not thrown in the towers and given up. But both situations when they went down, it wouldn't have shocked you if they went off, but they got through it and sort of continued a solid performance and ultimately got a clean sheet, which is a very rare rare thing for United these days. Yeah, for sure. I'm really happy Varane stayed on. I think, you know, we all feared the worst. He's had a horrible injury record and uh, I'm really pleased he stayed on. And I thought Varane had a good performance today. Um, maybe doesn't stand out as much as Maguire does, but I think... I, I really believe he calms. He is the leader in that defense. I think he's the one who's communicating. I think he keeps everyone um, composed. And I, I like the way both played today. Shout out to both of them. And it was, like you said, I can't, we kept a clean sheet. That's worth celebrating, if not the three points. Well, Ryan here saying we should be celebrating the clean sheet more. That's a huge, huge, huge achievement in itself for us at the moment. All the defense was solid today. And I thought the full, I think, look, I scrolled through Twitter. I tried to stay off it a little bit today. Alex Tellez and Delo both got praise and both got criticism. 
I think on a on a whole, I thought actually quite good. Yeah, there were shaky moments, but on the whole, I thought it, yeah, in terms of our best perform not best performance of the season, but some people would say that I think it was off the back of sort of that foundation they both laid both in attack, but also defence. I thought they did quite well. Um, Rob's saying here, can we put the offside call for the goal to bed? So glad they changed it. Yeah, look, we'll get in the offside goal. Um, in, actually, we'll go on offside. Um, not not the offside goal. It was obviously an onside goal, Larry. But before we get into the goal and how it came about, and obviously we haven't talked about Anthony Martial, I just want to talk, in the last couple of weeks, there's always been these rumours about this split dressing room and sort of cliques and like this group and this group and the English group and the Spanish-speaking group and all these sort of rivalries within the dressing room. When that goal went in, did you see any fractures in the dressing room? All I know is Anthony's a dancer. Wait, no, Rhythm is a dancer. God, there you go. Long day. Was Alanga even on the pitch? Look, I just want to sing that chant. It's um, I saw Josh's comment, and he's put the song back in my head. So, look, can we just have one round of that chant? And um, I'm happy to continue the video after that. Well, if you get the lyrics right, you can practice and make sure you get the right lyrics. Right. But, but on that, we'll, we'll... great song, by the way. Yeah, not bad, Classic. not bad. Hopefully. Well, if he continues to play, the song will be sort of maybe renditioned a little bit more around Old Trafford. But in regards to that celebration, like everyone's, I'm sure, watched that sort of video that's floating around Twitter and Facebook about 600 times today, and there's no fractures in that dressing room. Like, uh, you did see United pulling in the one direction there. Yeah, 100%. And look, it's always easy to... It's always going to be an, a semi-unhappy dressing room when you're not getting the results, right? I think that's perfectly normal. You want to win, uh, and that's what you expect. These are professional footballers. They're paid well to win, and when you play for Manchester United, everything you do is scrutinized. So... When you're winning, yeah, I thought th that celebration, by the way, uh, it was just, it had everything. I absolutely loved it. I, I, I've watched the replay. I think it was a video uh, Manchester United put out on Twitter. I can't tell you how many times I've watched it, Tom. You've got Cavani celebrating like he scored the goal. You've got Rashford. You've got Scott McTominay, who's going to jump in and fall into the ground. Bruno's yelling over him. Uh, Bruno's fist pumping. Cavani's going nuts. Tellers is having a one-on-one -on -one boxing bout with the flag. It just had everything. I absolutely loved it. And like you said, it was United. Excuse the pun. It, it was just, yeah. I well, think it, did have, it did have everything, Larry, but almost had nothing because Jamie is saying I didn't celebrate when it went in um, initially looked offside. The, first, the only replay they showed during the game, they only kept on that where they still the image uh, when the ball sort of leaves Martial's foot. They only sort of paused it for like half a second. And then continued on. That's all they showed. And that first instant, you thought offside because then you're not looking at the grass cuttings. I think you're just looking at the ball and the player. And it looked, it looked three yards offside. In my opinion, I'm thinking, oh my God, they're, they're going to go back. They're going to disallow it. Then ultimately, when you do come back and the, the camera does sort of swing around and you see he's actually just onside. How sad, but, um, how sad is that with VAR, though? I think it's just, you all, yeah. we all pause a little bit. You, you don't get that euphoria. Uh, to answer Adam's question, Yes, Ronaldo did celebrate. There's a, a separate shot of him doing this one. Um, yeah, Ronaldo doesn't... Uh, I've noticed this. When Ronaldo's going, you know when after the team score, Ronaldo sort of is like, you know, he looks to get his head in the huddle, but he doesn't really say much. I think he notices the camera's on him and he's like, all right, better get my head in, look like I'm enjoying it. <laughs> He's but a he's very one player, player, but he's weird because he's he's over there. He, he celebrates all the goals with all the players, but people do have this question: Well, is he celebrating enough with the players? And thinking, well, he's over there celebrating with the players. Let him be. But like, he, he played a crucial he played a crucial part in the goal. What did you think of the goal? Because obviously, Tellez plays the ball forward. It does creep over to Ronaldo. 
Ronaldo sort of does well, um, sort of break free a little bit and plays through Anthony Martial, which we'll get into in a sec. Martial mm-hmm. plays through Cavani. Um, and in the, that position we've been in earlier in the game, a lot of players would have taken a shot and Cavani sort of had the composure to square it. And ultimately, huge game or huge moment for Rashford. Now, ultimately, when Marcus Rashford came on, I thought it was the wrong substitution and his performance on the field, I didn't really see much in a Marcus Rashford performance. Ultimately, though, it doesn't matter anything because he obviously comes up big with the goal. Um, so just your thoughts on the actual goal itself besides the drama. I loved it. My my criticism with United's attack at the moment, while I think we're keeping the ball better, the front three are playing very selfishly. I, I don't... I cannot recall during the entire game up until the final goal where the front three passed to each other. We started with Alenga, Ronaldo and Greenwood. Those three players are not on the same wavelength. They don't link up enough. I think Alenga's following instruction and I think he's defensively definitely assured things up on the left, but they, they just, they're not linking up. Mason Greenwood, he needs dropping, Tom. He's just, like I said to you, he's, he's a good player, but he looks like a striker playing on the right wing. And he's well, we, we could have scored four or five goals if Mason Greenwood just got his head. And look, I love Mason Greenwood, but that is the word, unfortunately. We use, we'd use we look at Marcus Rashford and say he hasn't been working for the team in terms of his work rate. We're looking at Mason Greenwood. It's almost like that kid in the under-12s who's just almost you'd just call a hog and just literally doesn't pass the ball when someone's in a better position. And Ralph Rangick has publicly spoken about just that basic thing which you do talk about to 12-year-olds saying, if someone's in a better position than you, pass to him. And so many times Ronaldo is standing there in such a good position or Ronaldo has made space and Bruno Fernandes is on the edge of the box and Mason Greenwood just says, no, I'm taking this. And you just think, geez, that's something a young player needs to cut out very quickly their game. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Look, I like Mason. I think he'll be an absolute baller of a player. But in saying that, I, I think he needs dropping. And I think once Sancho's back in with the squad... I think you'll. I think United's strongest lineup. Should Rashford find his form, I think you'll see Ronaldo on the left, Sancho on the right, Ronaldo through the middle. I think I saw Diogo Delos so many times make a great overlapping run, and Mason Greenwood maybe sometimes was the right to not ignore it, but choose a different option. But sometimes the ball was on for Diogo Delo, but Mason Greenwood's trying to work in a position where he can get a shot away. And look, he does have the ability to score a fantastic goal. Those goals happen once every three or four weeks, not once every time you get the ball he does need. But look, that'll come with um, experience. That'll come with a player like Ronaldo and a player like Cavani around in the training ground, pointing these things out. And maybe it's just a phase because he does have that pass in his locker. Um, it's just not sticking for him at the moment. But um, look, at the end of the day, we're winning, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, Adam it doesn't have I see him here. Um, he's not happy with um, any criticism of Mason Greenwood. Um, not Ronaldo, Ronaldo and Greenwood are on different levels for Adam at the moment. Not the biggest fan of Ronaldo. And um, but look, I'm just happy they won. Um, that we will some will turn players against each other. I, I think Ronaldo and Greenwood are doing well this season. And um, the criticism I think is a little bit over the top. But Mason Greenwood needs to get his head up and pass the ball because he does have that ability. But um, yeah. And another day, I don't want to go too too harsh on Mason Greenwood at the moment because I do like him. But I don't want to upset Adam too much because I know Mason Greenwood is the gunman to him. But anything else before we move on? Anthony Martial, before we get into the three, two, ones, the substitution for um, Anthony Martial coming on. I just want to talk from almost Ralph Rangick's point of view, brave move, because it was the right decision from a football point of view. Um, I was actually thinking instead of Rashford, I'll hold my hands up. Everyone knows the name I'm going to say. I thought it was game for one matter to maybe come on. Uh, I thought in terms of the problems West Ham were dealing, I thought maybe one matter compared to someone with pace in behind would have been more beneficial. But ultimately, the other right substitution was Anthony Martial. In an ideal world, I think Jaden Sancho would have been that man. And if Jaden Sancho was on the bench, probably would have got the nod over Anthony Martial. But it was Martial. And from a football point of view, it was the right thing to do. 
big thing for Ralph Rangie to do, though, because he has openly said that um, Anthony Marshall didn't want to play for Manchester United. He's publicly say, said that he wants to leave the club. Big decision to put him on, but ultimately comes. I don't know if Martial changed the game, but he obviously had the telling impact. Yeah, he did. Um, another one where, like Harry Maguire, best performance of the season. Ten minute cameo. He, he impacts the result. You can't deny that. Um, it, it's a weird one, and I'm. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm. I'm wondering. Does this mean he doesn't leave in January? Uh, otherwise, I couldn't see any reason to play him. Yes, you can say, well, there's a game of football. He's a professional footballer. He should be available to be selected. Um, but it, it's it, it's a weird change from a week ago, isn't it? So, mm. look, I'm open to him being picked. And if he gets his head down and he puts in performances like he did today, let him play some more. Shows how fickle we are. Here we are a week ago saying you shouldn't play for Manchester United again. We've done the same with Paul Pogba. And now suddenly something changes and we're turning, okay, he's not, he's not going to be the saviour. But a week's a long time in football. I was putting him in the Alexis Sanchez and Di Maria category a couple of days ago. And he was saying, look, he's got a future to play. Look, I think uh, Rennick addressed it. He addressed it in the, in the Brentford pre-match presser. He said, I've spoken with Anthony about it. It was clearly some sort of miscommunication. I don't think Anthony's an angel by any means. He clearly chose not to play. Um, but look, we'll just have to take their word for it. Some sort of level of miscommunication. He's now made himself available. He comes on today. He puts in 100%. That's really all you can ask. Yeah. No. Well, we'll get into three, two, ones. We're just seen here, Adam, still on the Ronaldo train, but okay for Ronaldo to kick the ball into the wall every time. Look, I've been criticising Ronaldo for 12 years for his free kicks. Um, so, that's, so that's nothing new. Um, definitely not. I don't know why he does He's take an free awful kicks. Free kick awful free he, kick it was like a penalty when he was at United the first time. It was like a penalty. Giving him a free kick, it was a goal. It was like James Ward Prowse. And since he went to Real Madrid, it was one part of his game that did go down. But um, we will move on to three, two, ones, Larry. Interesting one here. I'm just going to throw the first name out, which I started the um, podcast with or the, the topic. It has to be Harry Maguire for me. The, the goal scorer, okay, Marcus Rashford, big goal, but it's one moment at the end of the game. David De Gea simply had nothing to do. Any of the midfielders, I thought both midfielders were fine, but ultimately didn't do enough to sort of be man of the match. Wide players, but sort of both got hooked. I didn't see anything special from there. For me, clean sheet. And given the context of how bad he has been, he is at rock bottom. So what his confidence would have been like to come back and give that performance in a must-win situation, I have to give man of the match to Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire. Think I'm going to agree with you. I think it... I thought he, he was really good. Um, and look, we, I, I always call out when a player, I always say, when you, you look at the 90 minutes, normally it's David De Gea who's saving United. Um, now, he didn't have to make a lot of clutch saves, but he definitely had to make one. Like I said, that early save on Bowen in his own box, not much room for error there. He has to get that right or it's a penalty or it's a shot on, on goal. Um, he played well, distributed well. That's what you want from him. Three points, I think, is a fair result. Yeah, no, definitely for me. And look, it's an interesting one. I don't is this an international break next week or is it a winter break? I've no idea what it is, but you just know players are going to come back with COVID. So it'll be very interesting to see how the team does line up next, think, next week. I don't even think the European teams are playing. Yeah, I've no idea why there's a break. I'm sure someone in the comments let us know whether it's just that extended winter break that was supposed to come into the game a couple of years ago. But oh, no idea. But, but players are going to come back and it'll be interesting to see that Lindelof and Maguire situation. Because Maguire, like we said with Phil Jones the other day, 
when Phil Jones came in, we said, on for football merit, he should be starting the next game. Now, Harry Maguire, on football merit, he didn't do enough to get dropped. He should be starting the next game. But there will be interesting if one player comes back with COVID or Varane picks up an injury. It will be interesting. But, yeah, I think Cleef, Harry Maguire, a lot of people do have him um, in around their three points as well in the live chat. For two, for, Other than that, though, take your pick of one point and two points. I'm going to throw a name out there. Look, I think Marcus Rashford has to go into the discussion just for the moment, just for the goal. I think he definitely does have to go in there, maybe for one point. The other names that I'm sure you're going to throw in there as well, you do have to look at the impact Martial did have. And my opposition to the Martial being included in that would be I could do the same thing for Cavani. They both played such a pivotal role in the goal, and I just don't know how to split it. Who would I choose? So I'm going Rashford. Who would I split between Martial and Cavani? So the only other name I'll throw in there besides Rashford, Larry, and criticise me and let me know. I've seen his name pop up in the chat, but in my opinion, for two points, Larry, are we going Diego Delo? I think what he allows us to do on the ball, I think that is why so many performances are a lot more in control because we get the ball, whether that be out of the back or we get the ball in midfield, and we mm. look to the right-hand side, and we're just able to play it out there. We're just able to play it out there and know the ball's going to stick. When it's Aaron Wan-Bissaka, we think, oh, hang on, oh, no, I won't play that ball because it's Aaron Wan-Bissaka. I think so much of our sort of increased control in recent weeks is the inclusion of Diego Deloitte. Now, his sort of final ball could be a little bit better. Um, that's obviously a strength of his, so that's no real concern for me. I just think maybe he's in a bad patch. But ultimately, I think he is performing quite well. And ultimately, and he's one player which I said... When Ralph Rangit came in, I said Scott McTominay was going to be the first name on the team sheet because of the attributes he has on and off the pitch for Ralph Rangit. And ultimately, the other player who has taken his chance is um, Diego Delo. So I have to give him a heap of credit for because has that any other player really taken their chance under Ralph Rangit? But, but some players have performed okay. Some players have performed quite sort of subpar. But Diego Delo has come in and taken his chance, and I have to give him full credit for it. Quite, quite, um, quite the statement. Look, I think... I think he has taken his opportunity. I'd stop short of giving him points, though. And the, the reason I say that for your argument is you're praising what he adds to the team. But that's what I would expect from any Premier League level fullback, if I'm being honest. Are we praising D Diogo Delo for being brilliant or are we praising him for being an upgrade on Wan-Bissaka, who's poor? There is that, but in terms of being good, who, who was better than him today in, in regards to the performance? I thought, I thought Bruno was really good. Did, did no, no, Bruno was that. decent. I thought, I thought Bruno, I don't think, he, look, it's not to criticise him. He, he's far better in recent weeks than he was. And again, we can we put that down to players around him not being as good or being as good? Um, it's sort of hard to judge. I, I don't think Bruno had the impact that he did have, obviously against Aston Villa and yeah, Brentford. But um, we'll just go to the chat because there are a few in the live chat here in regards to three, two, ones. Matt saying Slabhead, Delo as well, Rafael Varane. Jamie's gone Maguire, Delo and Rashford. Adam Guy, Maguire, McTominay, Rashford, Josh Gunn, Slabhead for three, Varane for two, and the net Gary Neville for one. That's gone over my head, Josh. Maybe that, yeah. that's gone yeah, way over my head. You, you need to explain that one to me. Maybe it's obvious, but no, it's absolutely done me. Uh, Rob saying Harry, Deleu, and Rashford for the goal. So, and Ryan here saying Deleu as well for two points and Varane for one. So, do, do you want to reconsider that? A lot of people are picking Deleu. I, I didn't think he was bad. Um, defensively, I thought he was solid. I just think... I, I take your point on what he's saying. I think his delivery is... I thought, no, his delivery generally can be good, but I think today it was poor. Um, I saw Adam's comment around Tellez and Delo being similar players. I have to agree with that 100%. I think they they both offer the same sort of cross. Like, if you think of a David Beckham cross, yeah. David Beckham came from deep, 
Ashcroft is in. Uh, um, and I just thought against West Ham as well, very strange thing to deploy. It's a big team. So I don't I didn't understand the point with the early cross there. Yeah, but you got the uh, but you got still you got the best header of ball in world football uh, in that box as well. You know, if that delivery is better, look at the one time Bruno did get the ball in between the back four and the goalkeeper. Ronaldo actually probably should do a little bit better with his header. I think yes, even if a team does have a strength at the back in terms of winning headers, they're not going to be as strong as Ronaldo winning headers type thing. So it is is interesting. But um, look, I a lot of people are saying back into this team. You know, I think. I think United's strongest side has Luke Shaw in it. I, I know there's the whole thing around, you know, maybe Ralph Rennick doesn't really favor him. But I think just for that exact point, because Tellez and Delo are so similar in what they offer, I think Shaw, someone who will actually drive into the box a little bit more and do that cross back from the byline, just to offer us something a bit different in terms of throwing threats at that I, I said I said this point to you, and let me know if this means makes it absolutely no sense. And in the live chat, if this in the live chat, if this makes no sense at all, please let me know. But Larry, just get your thoughts. I think Luke Shaw plays better than Alex Tellez. When Luke Shaw gets the ball, we see something better. I think the team plays better with Alex Tellez. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. It, it absolutely does. But I think with the side now. Finding a system that works, I want to see Luke Shaw in that system. Look, he has to be more disciplined defensively, but I think Tellez has weaknesses defensively too. He's not a clear and obvious head start on Luke Shaw. When, like you look at Delo, you can see what he offers compared to what Wambasaka offers. When I look at Tellez, I don't see any improvement on what Luke Shaw offers. So that's why I'm like, look, I take your point, and he, he's in he's in the build up to the goal. So what the hell am I talking about? But I think Luke Shaw deserves an opportunity to come back into this side because our best football last season came with Luke Shaw coming from left back. So he has to be afforded that opportunity. In terms of the three two ones, um, look, maybe it's a bit of my bias. I personally would want to throw Martial in there for one point. I know Rashford gets the goal, but I think if that was Martial, Ronaldo, Cavani, I think if anyone's there, they score that tap-in. I think if someone missed that tap-in, we'd be blowing up the locks. Um, in terms of his actual game, I didn't think Rashford did anything of note. I, I think Martial actually contributed in terms of how he impacted when he came on. It just his, his feet. Um, there was one opportunity in the box. I know he lost his feet at the end, um, but the, his turn in their box. If he just someone who didn't play that often, I think a sharp Martial probably gets a shot away there. Maybe he doesn't get three, two, one. I just think. I just thought he was quite good. I just thought Martial was. Well, I'll just good. I'll just go back to some of the comments in regards to three two ones. But I'll, I'll be going. There were a lot of people who had Delo for two and Maguire for three. So I'll just throw some of the other names there. You've obviously got Martial, which I I agree with the impact. But ultimately, last minute winner, Stratford, and the way we value these three two ones, it's hard for me to look past Rashford. So I'll just throw some names there. No one has included Martial in them, but there are one or two that have th thrown up Marcus Rashford for one point. So would you be happy to sort of cave to Doctor Rashford, considering the couple of weeks he has been sort of dealt with? Yes, let's cave to Dr. Rashford. Can I say, Emad, absolutely. He's not having me lately. He's not having me lately. Look at this. Look at this comment here. Where is he? Right Barry here. Logic. Something working. Let's break. Luke Shaw was literally our, our best outfield player last season. Yeah, well, we need Adam and um, Adam and Emad um, together at the pub to have a discussion about Mason Greenwood, oh, Cristiano Ronaldo, and... Ronaldo, McTominay, and Greenwood. Um, well, that'll be an interesting debate. But anything else, Man United and West Ham, in regards to the game that I've missed? Because obviously there are three, two, ones. We've discussed the goal. We've discussed um, the performance of Harry Maguire coming back in. Obviously, huge points. Now, I saw the table. Tottenham have another 17 games in hand on us. So they'll go ahead of us next time they kick a ball. 
But um, it is obviously an important game. We have gone into fourth spot. But anything else on the game that I have missed? United are back in the top four. Let's just enjoy That's what that. I just said. Yeah. Yeah, let's just enjoy but, but, but for how long? Because I, I, do we have a game? I think we still have a game on West Ham, so we can extend the lead on West Ham. I think ultimately West Ham are going to fade away. There's is Arsenal there. I think Arsenal might have a game in hand on us now where they can technically move ahead of us. So I think we potentially could still drop back down to six if they um, do win the game in hand because obviously the points on the board are more important. But Let me throw one at you, Tom. Uh, if we win our – Chelsea have um, a game – they've played a game more than us. If we win our game in hand, we're only three points behind Chelsea in third place. You look well, at well, that, that's what I'm looking at the, the game today, Tottenham-Chelsea. How are you looking at that? Are you just thinking standard just draw or are you starting to look, okay, we need to sort of get our way at Tottenham or can you start to look at Chelsea slipping? Yeah, it's it's a tricky one. Well, Chelsea aren't playing well at the moment. They're, then they're struggling. And I've got to be honest, it started with Michael Carrick and Jaden Sancho, sort of ruining things there. Um, Lukaku, their most expensive ever signing, wants to go to Inter. I, I don't know. I don't think Chelsea are a happy camp. They're not playing good football. And I think if you're looking at a team that could fade away, it is Chelsea. Um, that, that's something you mentioned it a few weeks ago. Too cool getting sacked. I'm telling you. It, it's a, it's everyone, a, everyone looks at me there and says, oh, don't know about that. that, that that's a bit over the top. I'm it's, thinking, not, how, it's not. Look at how they're it's, playing. It's, it's not even a talking point. Chelsea have sacked managers for winning the league and cup double type thing and sacked them a couple of months later. I do not care that Thomas Tuchel has won the Champions League. If they don't win a trophy, he will get sacked. I, I don't understand that, oh, no, no, even Chelsea wouldn't do that. No, the fact is they will. They will sack him Monday morning when they don't win a trophy. That's, that's not up for debate. I don't understand where this... Oh, no, he's won the Champions League. They'll stick with him. They won't. They simply will not. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Look, if you if I'm a betting man now, I'm, I'm look, I'm going a bit more heart than head here. I think United finish fourth. I think thirds between Chelsea and Tottenham. Just depends who falls away. I think Arsenal, I look at their squad, I, I don't think they have it in them. I just think you look at the quality of players we have, the fact that we're finally seeing a level of performance, I'm expecting United to get more points. The other thing is, I, I think we can beat Chelsea in the return fixture at Old Trafford. And I think if we can do that, I think that we go a long way into getting top four. I've seen, I've seen United fans saying top four is gone. It's nowhere near gone. We're well in the battle. And oh, yeah. I definitely think we can. I definitely I think, think we what, what were we, 14 points or 11 points when Solskjaer came in? And it's, not, it's obviously different scenarios, different circumstances. But what are we like? We're in the top four, and suddenly top four is out of reach. Or when Solskjaer took over at this stage, we're 11 points off top four and end up sort of getting into the top four. I think, well, we ended up blowing it in the last day or the last couple of days, but we sort of regroup that that sort of points difference. So, yeah, no issue with the top four. Now, ultimately, we could sort of have a bad patch of form and sort of slip out of the top four. But in regards to a points difference and making up ground, if you're looking at top four and think it's unassailable now that we can't do it, just you have not watched football. It's simply six points can be done within a week. It's just it's a non-issue for me. The issue is being consistent and United performing. That's what we need to do. Um, if we do that, the points will take care of themselves. But it is interesting, obviously, Tottenham do play Chelsea. I would like a draw, but ultimately you do look at Chelsea sort of start start to slip. Maybe that is more beneficial than worrying about what Tottenham are going to do because Tottenham do obviously have the games. And Chelsea obviously are competing on all fronts. They're still in the Champions League. So um, just last question from Adam before we do wrap up. There are a lot of comments flying in in regards to Tottenham, but just another tree update, Larry? Yeah, um, the tree's looking as good as Mason Greenwood's looking in United's 11 at the moment. That's, that's actually not bad. I was thinking there's something to say to that, but that's actually not bad. Hopefully that um, 
discussion can continue at the pub next time we meet. Obviously, next game the Man United Supporters Club might meet is 7am. The Middlesbrough game is a Saturday morning FA Cup game. So if you are in Sydney and not a member of the Supporters Club, be um, find a link in the description below to sign up, and I'm sure we'll find somewhere to watch 7am Middlesbrough in the FA Cup. Obviously, always a good one to get down and watch a bit of knockout football. But, um, Larry, any other talking points before we do wrap up? I just saw Josh here saying new variant of COVID announced like a new transfer, January transfer window. Expecting anything in the last couple of days? What have we got a week left? I think it's done. Uh, look, obviously, there'll be there'll be a mad rush on the last day and there'll, there'll be names flying, flying about. I think in terms of the situation we find ourselves in now, the murmurs coming out for Ralph Rangnick, we're not signing anyone. Maybe there's a Jesse Lingard on loan to Newcastle. Other than that, I, I don't think anything's one. happening. Yeah, I think that's the one. I don't think Martial leaves now. Um, I mean, it's only Sevilla. There's some talk that from Spain, Sevilla's going to come back in for Martial, but I can't see them paying his wages. And, and look, United are rightfully asking for a good loan fee and his salary to be covered. That's the right way. If a player is wants to either get paid the good money he earns at United or you take a cut if you want to go there, if he wants to get that deal over the line. Lingard to Newcastle. I'll throw this one. Lingard to Newcastle on loan. Do you yeah. do that as United? I think so. I don't. I don't. No, no, I'll sell I it. And, so. and the United won't sell or Jesse Lingard <laughs> won't accept a transfer there because there's a good chance they'll be in the championship. So Jesse Lingard will only go to Newcastle on loan. But I see. I don't see what the benefit is to lose a player because if we get hit by injuries or hit by COVID, and suddenly one of our attacking midfielders is on loan at Newcastle, I don't see how that benefits us. If he's going to come back in the end of the season, okay, he goes on loan, then he comes back. But because he's out of contract and he's going to leave, I don't see what a loan away from the club now benefits United for. I take your point, but he you have to put the players' perspective here. He, he's got a World Cup that he's probably keeping an eye on. Uh, he should be playing football. He's he's nearly twenty nine years of age. He, he needs to be playing football. And I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. The other side is Newcastle are offering him a whole lot of dosh, mate. And he's he has every right to want to earn that dosh. And like I said, he has every right to want to play football. So I don't think it's in United's interest. Since we're clearly not using him, let him go out there and, and play some football. No, definitely. But we do appreciate everyone in the live chat. Um, it's been a, definitely a lively live chat, but we do appreciate it. He's all kept sensible and in good spirits. Um Obviously, good mates of ours, and we all know it is um obviously a little bit of banter back and forth. But mate, um, sorry, Adam here saying in regards to our jerseys, nice jerseys. Yeah, remind me, Adam, I'll send you a photo. There's a photo where of Mason Greenwood in this shirt. I'm sure you'll like that one. But um, Rob here, good show, lads, and he mate as well. Great show, show boys. Love you, Larry. Until then, Larry, um, when are we back on air? Because obviously, no football. It is a Sunday. Maybe we'll be back on maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. Just discuss a little bit, unless there's a bit breaking news, and we'll obviously go live. But um, I'm sure we'll find something to chat about in a couple of days. For sure. As much as I love this jersey, um, I've got Lukaku on the back of it. Yeah. Sad Lukaku. One. Lukaku. I don't know what to make of Lukaku. Does he leave Chelsea if they get if they sack the manager? Because does a new manager come in and want Romelu Lukaku? Because if I walk into Chelsea's manager, as bad as Timo Werner is, Timo Werner is the man for, man for me over Lukaku at the moment. So what, what's the latest on him? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't rate him at all. I can't so believe they paid £100 million pound for him. That, that, that's the crazy part. What's the worst bit of business? £100 million on Lukaku or £80 million on Aaron Maguire? Maguire's been good. He, he hasn't been huh. Van Dyke, but he's been good. Over You look at his period at United, he's been well, good. What, what's wrong with Lukaku going on a goal-scoring spree now? Watch Lukaku go on a goal-scoring spree. The fingers chance. crossed he doesn't. And um, Look, all this talk about top four and sort of Premier League title races and everything. 
I'm just we're going to beat Atletico Madrid and we're starting to book the tickets to Russia. We're starting to look at dates and hotels and where we can scalp tickets to go to Russia for the Champions League final. But um, that is where my focus is, Larry, not on this top four race. We can finish six. Ronaldo will fire us to Champions League glory. So we don't have to worry. We'll get we'll get um, the automatic qualification that way. But hopefully everyone does. Do, sorry, did enjoy the video. If you could, please like the video. That would be fantastic. If you are new, click subscribe. Takes one second on your phone. Uh, make me and Larry both very happy. And until then, chat to you in a couple of days. Always a pleasure, Larry. Pleasure, Cheers, man. mate.